quiet your mind. Ever since the Earth has circled the sun, there have been fantastic tales of wonder and mystery that the faint of heart dare not discuss. But three brave, uninformed souls have the brass to tackle every extraordinary happenstance from the modern age to the dawn of Mantis. Welcome to Dawn of Mantis. Ivan, Joe, and Sam here. Hey, it's been three weeks since we've all been together in the studio. Yeah. yeah. Has it? Yeah. Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't, no. Didn't sound like it either. No. Didn't sound like it. It's weird. What are you guys talking about? What are you hitting around out there? I thought you were here last week. I thought you were here for... <laughs> Well, it sure sounded like I was, but I wasn't. Oh. That's the thing, guys. Mm-hmm. I was not here last time when you were doing all that April Fool's shenanigans. Yeah. I was not here at all. Here's the big reveal. That is the prank. Yes. Uh, it was initially just Sam and I, mm-hmm. and uh, we recorded that, and we just left spots for where Ivan would be, and then part of that was Sam mining old episodes and just kind of picking out clips of Ivan saying stuff and dropping them in, and then a little bit was Ivan coming in later and kind of dropping stuff in, but we were not all in the studio at the same time. Yeah, I hope I hope you know you guys get a laugh from this. I, I hope you don't feel bamboozled. Um, <laughs> it was fun for us to to prank the fans. We've never pranked the fans never before, have. so yeah. uh, I bet some diehards figured it out. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. If it, if there was any awkwardness, because I mean we've listened to it, and you know, even I thought. Oh, that's that's weird, you know. But but it had to be a little bit so you catch on. I bet somebody at least somebody was like, "Where where are the stories that barely were with the topic?" Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear any of those. All I heard him say was like, "Uh huh, yeah, oh cool, nice." Yeah, and then uh, Rita Hayworth. <laughs> Which, if you go back to that, it's like they were ignoring me. It yeah. really sounded like they were being douchey toward me. It sounded like we were being mean. Which uh, I don't which, like it. Which makes it funny. Yeah, I like it. It was yeah. funny. Okay. So we're all back now. I promise I'm really here. Yes. We're all three here. We are. We For, and it is. It is the first time in three weeks. I missed you it guys. It is. Yeah. Um, between vacations and yeah. work obligations. Spring break. And spring and, break and, yeah. and all that stuff. Hey, uh, why don't you real quick, you went to Gulf Shores. Yeah. And brought me and Ivan back some really cool Gulf Shores cozies. Stubby cozies. holders. Cozies. Cozies. Stubby holders, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Are you crazy? Keeping my... Blackberry Canada Dry, nice and <laughs> nice and cold, or keeping my hand from getting cold mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what that's for? We can debate on that. Is it to keep your drink cold or to keep your hand warm? I think it's multi. I think multi, yeah. yeah, multifaceted. It's both. It's and this both. one's a nice, nice and thick. Yeah, ladies, it's nice and thick. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, ladies, <laughs> it actually or guys and some guys, whatever floats your boat. Whatever you know, floats your boat. But it, it has a good foundation to it. I mean, this can is not going to tip over. No, it's made to sit on motorboats as they glide oh. through the water. Oh, is that and what not it's tip for? over. <laughs> it's made for motorboating, just like me. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, <laughs> Joe had a little excitement down there, didn't you? Yeah, you know, after the fact, like at at the as it was happening, I kept texting you guys, and I was all like, "Holy shit!" And now after the fact, uh, basically there was just a really severe storm. That oh yeah, 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 that's yeah. Right, that's and right. we tuned in to the local, you know, Alabama 
weather and and he said there was rotation off out in the ocean and it was going to hit right here and it was just like right by our condo i mean we were literally on the beach like uh-huh. you walk out of our door and in about 15 feet you're standing in sand and then it was a little creepy i mean you know those yeah. palm trees were whipping it was a little, it was a little freaky but it turned out okay yeah, all flood as well. Then we come home. Yeah, there's tornadoes last and night. And last night there was tornadoes 10 minutes from my house. Yeah. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't get away from this. Yeah, yeah. we're even 700 miles apart. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, it was it was just, a, you know, a couple storms. We're good. It's all it right. seems like when we were on the beach, it's like every other day it's going to rain, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's just, that's kind of the bad part of the beach. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. I got outvoted. You know, it's me and then three ladies in my house. Yeah. You know, and of course I got out. I'm a mountain, like, yeah. I want pine trees. I want some lakes and mountains and stuff like that. But I got outvoted. We went to the beach and it was fine. But yeah, we've talked about this before. But my my problems with the beach are the goddamn wind that never stops. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's always windy. Always windy. Yeah. And just, I don't know. A place, and the sand. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't consider a place be awesome is is after, as soon as you leave it, you have to take a shower. Right. I mean, it could, you know, it's like it was so great that I didn't want to feel like this the rest of the day. Yeah. And then no matter, I've never had appropriate shoes. Like, I'll try flip-flops. No, those don't work. You lose those in five seconds. Yeah. It's like, I guess you could have those weird water shoes but i don't know i'm not i'm not going there yet i don't I just, like those There's, i just went barefoot well yeah, you see, have to yeah. apply like sunblock every yeah 30 minutes yeah. dude the first day you know the upper half of my body i'm outside all the time so it's dark fairly lower half i don't I don't even own shorts you know i had to go get shorts and i let you know i put sunblock on my legs didn't think about the tops of my feet oh, oh yeah that's yeah the tops of my feet were like lobster red <laughs> that night i was like oh i forgot shit i was putting aloe on them and freaking sucked anyway no one cares about that but What's, that's what happened another another observation i'll give you is like you drive like a thousand miles <laughs> yeah. and some people never get in the water they would just like go really close and lay in a chair. Yeah. So it's like, did you go to get close to the water but never in it? Yeah. It's like I, I play in the water the whole time and I look, I just dig for stuff. I don't ever sat down. So we rented these beach chairs for the week where you pay like oh yeah. I don't know how much money you pay for like a bunch of chairs and umbrellas. Yep. And it's like, we got a chair for you. It's like, that's boring. Yeah. I don't want to sit under an umbrella. It's so funny. I was I was identical to you. Yeah, I don't know why I'm surprised. Yeah, exactly. But it was the same way. I was the guy who was like, I didn't hate it. The beach is nice. I like it. It's cool. But, you know, I was the one that was like, I'll do what you girls want to do. My yeah. wife and my two daughters. But I was in the ocean a hundred times more than them. Yeah, exactly. It was cold. The, the water was cold. Oh, okay. But I was yeah. like, we drove 700 miles. <laughs> I've spent thousands and thousands exactly. of dollars on this goddamn condo. I'm going in the beach. I don't care if there's sharks. So I was out there a lot. I was out there in the water a lot. I'm getting my money's worth in silty, crappy water. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. But no, no I'm with you on that. Whatever. It was it was cool. I was with my family, so I was happy, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was it was great. I actually I actually liked it. I actually liked it. Yeah, that's that's something you know you gotta compromise and mm-hmm. give them that beach trip every once in a while. But yeah. but then you don't have to go for several years, which Luckily, I'm on several years not of going, <laughs> but that my time is soon. My, my time is it's coming. coming up. Yeah, but it's yeah. My wife is she's adorable. She's she's one of those ones. She's happy just to be ten feet from the water with her umbrella, yeah, and her little drink and her little book, and she that she, she she could do that for the rest of her life. Yeah, so um, that's cool. She well, I mean that's life. relaxing to some people, but I'm, I got to move. I got I got to do. I got to explore. I got to discover a new species of, that- <laughs> of shell that no one's ever found. Before. That was me too. I I discovered when you run out like. 
I don't know, crotch deep in the water when the wave recedes. Uh-huh. That's when you can see all those shells kind yeah, of suck. That, you got to like catch them. That's, right. that's all I did for days and <laughs> days too. was just out there chasing shells. Oh, Jesus. Everyone else is like, tourist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found another shell. I brought home so many f***ing shells. Yeah. No one will listen to this because I'm going to put the timestamp to skip to in the description to get to the thing. So no one will listen to this. We love the people that don't skip. Yeah, if you don't, hi there. Thank you. Skippers are suckers. No. <laughs> now, if you'd like to do that, you should. I have podcasts where I'll skip. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I totally understand. So Sure. Yeah, no no uh, judgment on your part. So anyway, is that what we wanted to cover before sure, we got I into think this? So. I've been I've been itching to say this. What do we have tonight, Joe? Oh, that felt so good. It's been 22 <laughs> days since I've heard that. Dang. When you put it that way, yeah. it has been a while. Well, I was about to have withdrawals. Tonight, we are going to cover... The Muriel Court Murders. All right. Now, this is going to be a two-parter. This is part one. Is Muriel Court kind of like Melrose Place? Is it a place? It is a place. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it is a place. It is not. I'm glad you asked that, Ivan, because I was just thinking, like, it happened in court. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I thought it was a It's been 22 days, fellas. <laughs> well, I thought it was either a place or someone's name. Like, her name was Muriel oh, Court. Okay. That's what I was thinking it could be, so that that's sounds, why I did the Melrose Place thing. That sounds like a lady that goes to bingo a lot. <laughs> Muriel Court. But no, it was a place. It wasn't swanky like Melrose Place. Okay. Or skanky? Or skanky. Did you mean skanky? <laughs> it's skanky. Oh, okay. But it they is weren't as fancy as those 90210 kids. That's right. Yeah, it yeah. was kind of like the always save 90210. Kind of. I remember. The Great Value, the Clover Valley, whatever, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I got a lot of those. Equate? Now, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember being a kid being so pissed off seeing the always save shit. I'm just like, Mom, come on. Yeah, oh, I yeah. wanted fruit new fruit loops, not like colored rounds or whatever they're you know, yeah, it's like, and yeah. in this in this giant bag. They yes. couldn't even put it in a box. <laughs> yes. They would put it in just a big old bag. The cheap bastards. <laughs> yeah. You open the, the pantry and it's like a bright yellow yeah. like always save you. You're yeah. like, oh no, we can't even have Oreos. We gotta have the the Hydrox. Yeah. Remember those? <laughs> It tastes the same. Oh, what was the Frosted Flakes version? The cheap Frosted Flakes. It had a, a bear on the front, like a cartoon bear. Oh, the cheap yeah. version. I thought there was a Frosted Quakes one time. It was the Quaker. Aldi will do the their spinoff and just change the name slightly also, like on everything they have. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of the Aldi stuff is fine. Now mm-hmm. that I'm an adult, oh, yeah. I get it. I totally get oh, it. Oh, I do too. I buy that shit. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Kids can suck. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's cheap and and we're going to get you through college one of these days hopefully. Exactly. Very good. Because we cut corners here. That's right. We can take care of you there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> now, I do want to also preface uh the way things worked out. I wrote these notes for this episode like over 2 months ago. Okay? Uh, there was a time where I had just a whole stack of stuff to do, and, and the Muriel Court murders kind of ended up on the end of that, and now we're to it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is going to be news to me as well. That's good. Surprise for you for yeah. a change. I like it. Well, one thing that never ceases to amaze me is how, even after being a true crime fanatic for over 30 years, reading every book I could get my hands on, watching every documentary available, and scouring YouTube for true crime videos like a millennial mining for Bitcoin, I still stumble upon cases I've never heard of, and often... It's okay. wild. I guess there's just only so much bandwidth out there, and much of it gets diverted to other events, causing a lot of these cases to get lost in the static. This was surely the case with our story tonight. A multiple homicide that should have received much more attention 
than it did. It happened in 1966, and for what it's worth, that was a pretty hectic year. The Vietnam War was raging, as were the protests against it. Uh, The Beatles were demonized after John's bigger than Jesus quote. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I wasn't alive at the time, but I remember reading about it. (laughs) I wasn't saying it. I was actually bad. It was just a thing that I was saying that it was just the people. Yeah, I remember. It was, I remember the the. I, I wasn't there, but I've seen footage of like them throwing uh, the Beatles records in piles and burning oh, yeah. them and yeah. all that stuff. So there was a uh, cancel culture even then. I guess there was. Yeah. Yeah. We won't forget what the Beatles said. Yeah. A devast- Oh yeah, the devastating tornado caused over a hundred million dollars worth of damage in Topeka, Kansas that year. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that was the year, if y'all uh, haven't heard our episode on this, that was the year Charles Whitman stood atop the tower at the University of Texas at Austin and shot and killed 13 people and injured 31. We have a four or five part series on that. Yeah, crazy. These massive events were just the tip of the iceberg, so maybe it's not so shocking that some pretty incredible events were lost in the mix. So, let's get into one of those events which has since become known as the Muriel Court Murders, or if you start to look this up, you will often see it called the Sims Family Murders. Okay. So in 1966, the Sims Family consisted of husband Robert, 42, wife Helen, 37 or 34. I found multiple accounts of both ages attributed to her. Who knows? Okay. Close enough. Very weird, yeah. Three daughters, uh, 17-year-old Jenny, 15-year-old Judy, and Joy, who was 12. They resided in Tallahassee, Florida, in a quaint three-bedroom, one-story brick home at 641 Muriel Court. They'd purchased this property years prior when they had moved from Meridian, Mississippi. Okay. The Sims girls regularly played with the other neighborhood kids, like the Wymans, the Roysters, and the Hathaways. Okay. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Oh, you guys are going to give me neck problems if you keep singing that. <laughs> Crick of my neck for weeks. What made you sing that? Did I miss it? Hathaway. Hathaway. He's the one that. Oh, okay. My apologies. The artist of the song. Leave that in. I want want the people to know that I too am flawed. Well, I mean, you can't (laughs) know every artist. I know. I was just like, why the hell did you start singing that song? Makes sense. I only know it from Night at the Roxbury. Otherwise, I don't think I'd know the song. (laughs) Yeah. I do DJ on the side. That's right. On the side. I've known the song forever, but I've literally never known who sang it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never known. Well, the family was well-known and well-liked all around Tallahassee. Robert was director of data processing with the Florida State Department of Education and was a nationally known expert on computer systems. Now, I don't fully understand what that means in terms of 1966 technology, but whatever they had back then, he was apparently the go-to guy for that tech. Okay. Um, I, well, I know they had decent computer tech because well, what year did we fly to the moon? 69? Yeah. And yeah. Then, so, I mean, the big, giant, reel-to-reel computers that you know the, filled the room and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Helen was also a prominent figure in their community, as was the family she came from before marrying Robert. Her dad was Dr. James Soley, assistant professor at Middle Tennessee State University. Helen was also active in the First Baptist Church of Tallahassee, where she played piano for services and served as secretary and dedicated the rest of her time to her children. You just want us to like this family so you can... (laughs) 
pull the rug out from under us, don't you, Joe? And no, they were fantastic. There's oh, no like, man. there's you know, at the end of this, there's no like, oh, but they were also <laughs> cooking heroin or whatever. No, they were great. Okay, they were great. All right, I see. What, <laughs> I know what you're doing. You do this to us all the time. We're used to it. <laughs> they also gave blood and they worked for the March of Dimes. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On the evening of October 22nd, 1966. Hometown football team, the Florida State Seminoles, were taking on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. There we go. <laughs> Over at Doak Campbell Stadium. Now, that was only three miles from the Sims' house. Pretty close. In the home that night was Robert, Helen, and their youngest daughter, Joy. Now, as much of Tallahassee was at the game, babysitters were a hot commodity, and both Jenny and Judy were away watching kids, so the parents... Could go on to cheer the Seminoles. You're not gonna go no, there. No. Okay. Keep going. I just, the Seminoles would go on to shut out the Bulldogs. I sound like I said shit out the Bulldogs. To shut out the Bulldogs, ten to zip. Uh, so the mood of all the parents and fans around town that night was one of happiness and celebration. Defense struggle. <laughs> it's a low scoring game. After the game, it just so happened that the parents of the child Jenny was babysitting arrived home first that night. So it was she who was first to head back home. Jenny was dropped off at the end of the driveway at 641 Muriel Court around 11.15 that night. Jenny, too, probably had a skip in her step as she walked the short path to her house. However, what she discovered just a few moments later would scar her for the rest of her life. Oh, no, Keith Morrison. Yeah. So as she neared the front of the house, everything appeared normal. The lights were on, and she could hear the faint mumble of the television through the door. As she entered the living room, she saw that no one was there in the room, so she started to call out for her family as she continued to walk through the house. She first went to her own room, and after tossing her purse on the bed, continued to glance in each room of the house, still not finding anyone. That was until she reached the master bedroom. There, lying on the bed, she found her father, Robert. Blood from a gunshot wound to his head had trickled through his hair and pulled onto the flower-patterned comforter. On the floor next to him was Helen, likewise covered in blood. And finally, lying diagonal to her mother on the floor was Joy, also covered in blood. All three had their hands and feet tied, and both Robert and Helen had been blindfolded. Someone had systematically executed three members of the family in the house that night. Mm. In a state of shock... Jenny ran into the living room and called their next-door neighbor, Jim Hathaway. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> what a dumb time for that. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was trying to do a callback, and this is terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> no cooth whatsoever. Well, that kind of works, probably. Our, tr our true fans will enjoy that. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, she called for Jim Hathaway, called him, and got no answer, right? Uh, this was long before 911, so she frantically flipped through the phone book and found the number of the Beavis Sutherland Funeral Home. And that call was answered by Russell Beavis. Oh. <laughs> I, knew, I knew one of you guys was going to do it. Quiet your mind. In what Beavis later called a, quote, terrified voice, no shit, Jenny simply said, something terrible has happened. Please come. Russell immediately hung up, grabbed his 16-year-old son, Rocky, and raced to the Sims residence. Meanwhile, Jenny dialed Jim Hadaway's number again, and this time, Jim answered. And he said, Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm just, I'm like, now, now I'm just in like, 
character mode anytime you say a name. Like Rocky, I'm thinking Rocky and Paul. Hey, Rocky. Yes, exactly. Rocky oh, and Bullwinkle. I went to Balboa. No, I went cartoon. Yeah, That's I did Because we're on cartoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was more like, oh, you got a problem? No. Okay. I think because it was his son, maybe. I went, oh, like, yeah. I went oh, Rocky the Squirrel. Okay. Yeah. And they found Boris and Natasha. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably who shot him. I love that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Jim answers this time, and after again describing the scene that Jenny had just walked into, Jim and his wife ran across the street to the residence. So people are arriving now. Okay. Minutes later, Russell and his son arrived and rushed into the house. Unbelievably, he discovered that both Robert and Helen were still alive. Whoa. Whoa. They were breathing faintly. Uh, unfortunately, little 12-year-old Joy was deceased. Mm-hmm. Russell then instructed his son to find a knife and cut the parents' bindings loose so that he could attempt to save their lives. He also uh, told him to shut off the lights because the scene looked so fresh, it wouldn't have been a stretch to think the killer was still there. Whoa. So they're literally looking over their shoulders as they're trying to do, like, CPR and whatnot. I don't even know if there was CPR in, in the 60s. Man, that, that's a creepy scene you just yes. there. So Rocky later said that he, too, was basically in a state of shock, uh, not only at the bloody scene, but he attended Leon High School with Judy and Jenny, and he knew Joy. I mean, this was a close-knit neighborhood. Mm. This was personal for him. So after doing this, Rocky rushed to the phone and called the police and another ambulance. When that ambulance arrived, Helen was rushed to a nearby hospital. Sadly, Robert had succumbed to his wounds while it was en route. So Robert died on the scene. Judy also arrived around this time to a yard and driveway full of ambulances, police cars, and bystanders from their neighborhood. She was intercepted by neighbors and quickly ushered over to join Jenny at the Hathaway residence, where she was then told the devastating news of what had happened to her parents and her baby sister. Mm. So one of the first police on the scene that night was Leon County Deputy Sheriff Larry Campbell. So far that day had been great for Larry. It was his 24th birthday, and the Seminoles, like I said, had just won their football game. However, the carnage he documented in the Sims' home that night would haunt him for the rest of his life. At first, he had no idea that the call he was responding to would change his life. At first, it was reported as a car accident with one fatality. There was a birthday party planned for him that night, and he had tried to pass the call off to another officer, but none were available. wonder why it was reported a car accident. Like to keep it kind of on the down low or something? Or I, I maybe think, just a mistake. I think it was just a mistake. Yeah. And that would well, be frantic. Yeah, I, I could I could totally get a mistake in that situation for sure. And that happens a lot. Like looking back at these cases, mm. it's very confusing on it's like that game of telephone you play, you oh, know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much shit to wade through. And by the way, I'll say it now, hopefully he's listening. Casey from from California. Oh, yeah. Left us a wonderful voicemail. Yeah. Said a lot of wonderful things, lovely things about us, and made us blush. Seriously, it was it was super, super sweet. And we're looking into the suggestion. is a great suggestion. Yes. What Casey suggested is one of the top, I'm not even exaggerating, probably five true missing person cases um, ever, like in true crime, yeah. in the true crime universe. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is yet. Um, I got a lot of work to do. I'm going to try to, like, condense this into one episode. Okay. There have been dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of podcasts and documentaries and and articles written on this girl. There's a there's even a documentary series, I'm sorry, a podcast series that's got, like, 50 episodes just on her. Whoa. So that's how much, 
material there is. And Casey even said, he's like, he doesn't expect us to do like a 10 part, but he just wanted to hear- Just our thoughts. Our take on it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to try to cover it briefly and get all the important stuff crammed into one episode and then we'll give our thoughts on it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. not to, I'm sorry it's to- It's a great suggestion. It was a great suggestion. Yeah. That's coming in the next few weeks. I'm going to work my ass off on it. And so far, every single suggestion that has been put forth to us- I've been able to put an episode together on. Okay. And there's been about six or seven. So yeah. Far. Yeah, we love that. Yeah, so keep yeah, them keep, coming. Keep them coming. 417, the number four, Mantis. Yeah. So, yeah, it was first reported as an, a car accident, and personally, I think it was just because it was hectic and crazy and whatever. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, uh, he tries to get out of it to pass it on to someone else because, you know, it's his birthday. He just wanted to go get drunk, whatever. Uh, well, I'm, I'm saying that for him. I don't know. But uh, anyway, he ends up have to, having to go. He got a call that there were now two fatalities, still thinking it was an accident, but they did say Muriel Court. So before arriving, he received a radio transmission that changed the incident from a car wreck to a signal five, and that's police speak for murder. After calling in the sheriff and chief detective Jack Dawkins, the house was cleared to ensure the killer was not still on scene. The other thing cleared from the house were the Tallahassee PD, as is often the case, turf wars happen between different departments, and the county quickly took the reins on this one. I would like to say, though, they shouldn't have. This was inside Tallahassee city limits. Okay. So it's weird. Yeah. We'll get into that more, too, but it's very, uh, from, from the get-go, the county was just, like, claiming jurisdiction. They huh. do that a lot on cop shows, too. It's like, this is our case. Yeah. You know? It's, or it's like... Uh, <laughs> like the FBI comes in and they're like, oh man, what are these guys doing here? Yeah. yeah. Just what we need to solve this case. A bunch of professionally trained experts helping us. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of funny. I never thought of it before. More help? Damn. Dang it. Science and forensics. <laughs> Can't use any of that. I was going to go all hunch on this one. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Reminds me of a, uh, John Mulaney joke. Oh, really? Where the guy's like ignoring science. No, no, back to my hunch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's great. With the city police gone, the remaining officers carefully surveyed the scene and determined that robbery was probably not the motive. Nothing was disturbed, nothing of note was missing, and there were no signs of forced entry. The next obvious motive was possibly sexual, seeing as how two of the victims were female. The answer to that suspicion would have to come from the medical examiner. Other than a few partial fingerprints, there seemed to be a total lack of evidence as to who committed the grisly murders. No footprints, no shell casings, no bloody handprints, nothing. But it must be noted that by the time the home was properly searched, dozens of people had trudged in and out, like policemen, emergency responders, and even the neighbors. I hate that, but I, I get it. It's frantic. It's yeah. not so Velisca where people just went in for a, for a tour but yeah, I get it. I mean, it's a tragedy. People are just trying to help. And in Villisca, people were snatching stuff for yeah, souvenirs. They were souvenirs. Like us, no shit. I mean, we did, uh, those of you who've heard, we did an episode on it. But one guy grabbed a skull fragment. Yeah. A skull fragment. Yeah. I've got a toy shelf full of a bunch of, and Sam does too, full of a bunch of toys. But I guess someone has like a murder evidence shelf. <laughs> hey, come look at the stuff that could have helped solve a crime. <laughs> Look at my skull fragment. Yeah. So freaking weird. Yeah. It's like the red, well, the red hall case. The guy took the whole skull. Yeah. Just took it home. Yeah. Left the jaw, though. Left, Left the, the jawbone. 
<laughs> yeah, I figured it's like if I take the whole thing, it might be breaking the law. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't want to be a mandible swiper. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> that was fucking stupid. It'd be a good band name. Mandibles, a mandible swiper. That was stupid. I, I shouldn't say everything that I think. Mantis, Manti have mandibles. There you go. <laughs> They're like horizontal mandibles. Kind of like Alien. It's pretty badass. Yeah. yeah. Basically, the crime scene had been, what's, what's, a, what's a good word? Uh, contaminated. Contaminated. That's the word I was trying to think it's of. not the best one, but it was. No, that is the per- that's the word I was searching for. Okay. Uh, Larry Campbell later complained that the scene had likely been contaminated. <laughs> <laughs> what if I would have said, no, that's stupid. What a dumbass word. Ironically, the sheriff's department didn't do themselves any favors at the scene either. It was reported that a few deputies took souvenirs like an ashtray, and one officer even made a pot of coffee with the Sims coffee maker. Anyone want a cup of joe? Gonna be a long night. (laughs) I want to smoke. I think there's a lighter in that corpse's pocket over there. It's like, what the hell are you guys doing? In their defense, the sheriff's department was not used to uh, and not really equipped to handle a case of that magnitude. Like the biggest case for them up to that point may may have, was probably like yeah the cat out of the tree or something. yes well that's fire department well and maybe cops too in the sixties I don't know yeah maybe little Jimmy swiped a pack of gum from the Piggly Wiggly by the way there's a shitload of Piggly Wigglies down south oh yeah it's yes. still going strong we right? passed like because we talked about that in one of our episodes we drove past I think I counted like five or six Piggly Wigglies wow yeah cool and they're still at it mm-hmm. cool there's one like just a couple miles from the beach down there. Yeah, because they used to be around here when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. They kind of went away. They just they went down south, man. They went down south. Migrated. <laughs> like, <laughs> like birds. <laughs> While Helen Sims lay in a nearby hospital fighting for her life, the remaining bodies were moved from the scene sometime between 3 and 5 a.m. for medical examination. Robert had obviously been shot in the head, and a forensic examination would reveal that, tragically, little Joy Lynn seemed to have received the worst of the brutality having suffered seven stab wounds in her chest and abdomen, as well as a gunshot to her head. Uh-huh. The bullet wounds had been inflicted by a thirty-eight caliber weapon. The examiner also ruled out, as did the doctors attending to Helen, any evidence of sexual assault. So, judging by that, it seems like the the smallest little joy was probably the focus of it. Hmm. I mean, she got the worst of the brutality. That's crazy. Thankfully... There was no, you know, sexual yeah. assault or anything. So, I mean, at least there wasn't that, my God. Hmm. But with no tangible evidence left at the scene and no clear motive, authorities began to canvass the neighborhood, questioning everyone on and around Muriel Court to see if anyone had heard or seen anything suspicious that night. In fact, some neighbors said the questioning was more like interrogating, with the officers yelling and demanding to know where they had went that day, who they had spoken to, and what they had done. Great approach. Tallahassee Pete. No, it wasn't that. It was the county. Yeah. County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, can I help you? Where are you today? <laughs> they went all Sam Kinison. Golly. <laughs> yeah. That was great. <laughs> That's because it was a great Sam Kinison. <laughs> One neighbor who lived on nearby Gibbs Drive uh, reported here. See the light in the morning rain. Oh, oh are we not doing that we anymore? Mi- we there missed it. Yeah. 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 Good job. Hey, there's one for you. I just wanted to get one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'll get the next one. Sam and I'll get the next one. Okay, okay. 
On Gibbs Drive reported hearing one shrill, very loud scream that night, sometime between 10 and 11 p.m. Okay. However, she believed it to be just a neighborhood kid playing, and she disregarded it. I don't fault her for that. No. You hear that? I used to live in a neighborhood, and you'd hear kids running around and yelling. And Yeah, when would you call when you'd hear just one scream like that? I don't know. Because my toddler and I run around in the yard all the time and playing tag, and she'll scream, like bloody murder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just playing. I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, my kids used to do that and be like, hey, quit yelling. I don't know if something's wrong or not. <laughs> I know. No, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 You hear them scream. Yeah. And it, it's either they just broke their leg or they found a clover in the yard or something. <laughs> it's the same right, goddamn scream. I've, I've been, you know, I walk around town a lot and I've heard stuff like that before. And really? I never call. Oh, yeah. And then I'm always like, man, what if it is? What if that is something? A check of the incoming calls to the police department that night revealed that a call had been placed from a resident in the area complaining of loud pops in uh, the area around 11 p.m. However, it is believed that the sound was a group of teenagers letting off cherry bombs. Who's letting off cherry bombs out here? What's that from? Uh, Friday? Stand by me. Oh, stand by me. That's right. Remember he swiped his dad's gun and uh, they shoot it in that back alley? Yeah. They take oh, off that's him. right. The good reference. <laughs> Uh, whatever the source of the popping sounds, I highly doubt it was coming from the Sims residence, though, because I traced the source of the complaint to W. Tharp Street, and a quick Google map search showed that this is about 1,400 feet from where the murders took place, with houses and structures in between. Uh, I don't think you could even faintly hear gunshots from inside a house that far away. Yeah. But that's just my... Yeah, probably not. Although there are houses fairly close on either side, behind the Sims' home is several acres of woods and a ravine, along with a large retention pond roughly 450 feet from their back door. The woods were uh, thoroughly searched and the pond drained in hopes of finding any possible clues, such as the murder weapon, but nothing was found. While the fruitless search carried on, Helen Sims passed away, Hmm. making the already brutal crime even worse, a triple homicide. So no one survived. The bodies of Helen, Robert, and Joy were all transported back to their native Meridian, Mississippi, where they were buried in the Hebron Baptist Church Cemetery. So needless to say, the people of Tallahassee were terrified. Gun sales skyrocketed, as did sales and installations of deadbolts and extra locks on doors. Kids uh, who were used to playing outside until the streetlights came on were now kept indoors, and some folks even penned vicious guard dogs up in their front yard. Despite a lack of evidence at the scene, there would soon be a suspect and eventually a whole list of suspects, some of which were cleared and some who certain camps still believe were responsible to this day. Of all the suspects, though, the most shocking was the first. It turned out to be none other than the Sims family pastor, C.A. Roberts. Hmm. Yeah, the pastor of the first Tallahassee Baptist, first Tallahassee Baptist, first church, whatever the hell it was called. (gasps) He was the pastor. Okay. This guy. Not to be confused with the second church of Tallahassee. (laughs) I've never seen the second Baptist church. It's always the first. It's right across the street. (laughs) Wayne Campbell can tell you. Yeah. (laughs) So we're, this C.A. Roberts guy, holy shit. This is what makes this episode tasty. Okay. Cecil Albert Roberts. Remember our C.A., you know, back in the the 50s and 60s. The initial thing. Well, he was only 35 at the time, but had already accomplished quite a bit. In fact, he was a pretty powerful man. He presided over the First Baptist Church of Tallahassee, the biggest church in town. 
He was also the team chaplain for the Florida State Seminoles and was one of the most revered men and respected men in the area. He was from Waco, Texas, and had attended Baylor University. no jokes. David Koresh, yeah, but that was no, way later. I thought about it. Yeah. Did you I read just, my mind? It's like 30 years. There, wasn't much, there wasn't much pause for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. All right. He was from Waco, <laughs> Texas, and had attended Baylor University before moving to the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. Hmm. There he earned his bachelor's, master's, and eventually a PhD. He married in 1953 and spent a short time in Altus, Oklahoma, before settling in Tallahassee. That's a culture shock. Yep. And that is where he really found his stride. Not long after arriving in town, he was awarded the Junior Chamber of Commerce Man of the Year. Wow. And in 1964, he was Florida's Man of the Year. Whoa. Yeah. He was described as highly intelligent, very charismatic, and by the mid-60s, had gained an almost cult-like following around Tallahassee. Interesting. So how did Pastor Roberts end up as a suspect in the brutal slaying of three of his congregants? How did he? You may be wondering. I I am. (laughs) Especially if he's the team uh, chaplain Chaplain. and they had a game that day. Yes. Thank you. Very good, Sam. That comes into play. That's nice. Very good, sir. As we said earlier, the Sims were very involved in their church and Helen both played piano for services and she was church secretary. Okay. Her position as secretary put her in close quarters with Pastor Roberts, and she was intimately involved with the church's business dealings. Not, not him. I'm not going. Oh, there. okay, okay. And finances. No, there was nothing between Helen and, and the pastor. Okay, she is still saintly. All right. Okay. It was soon discovered, though, that just days before the murders, Helen had abruptly left her position as secretary with no explanation. Mm. But this wasn't what brought C. A. Roberts to the attention of the police. That was the phone calls. See, in the days and weeks following the murders, the Tallahassee Police Department began to receive dozens of phone calls from various women who felt like they needed to officially state that they had not committed the Sims murders and to provide their alibis for that night. Weird. Why? Hmm. Yeah. What did all these ladies have in common? They were all members of the First Baptist Church and they were all sleeping with Pastor C.A. Roberts. Wow. He was the man of the year. <laughs> uh, I was going to say that. To some that, people. That is kind of Koresh. Yeah. Koreshness. Yeah. You had it. You nailed it. First. I'm not saying it was a cult. Right. But every cult, almost, it seems eventually the leader is like, oh, by the way, you have to all the women. Yeah. <laughs> I get to have sex with all the women. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh, this just in from God. I get to have sex with all the women. No, no, I don't get to. <laughs> I have to. I have to. It's my duty. So, yeah, that's all I got, man. We are going to pick up. Oh, that's the end I of it? I left it juicy. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you I did. I was just, golly. <laughs> Dang. He's the man. Gotta wait a whole nother week. Yep. We'll wrap it up, uh, you know, next week and let you know. Uh, we'll do a lot more on, on Pastor Roberts. And yeah. Then, and then some other. Oh, it gets even way freaking crazier. Yeah. Okay. Way crazier. So, anyway, tune in. Yeah. It's a good one, Joe. You want to take us out? Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.